Seven films, two men, two meccas, a mini, and a kegger. It's the Heisei Era Hoedown. <laughs> I just figured I just figured we're having a hoedown, Alex. Oh, so there's gonna be a keg there? I'm guessing. Yeah, I'm guessing at this hoedown. <laughs> I was the goofy looking. thing is I've never been to it like a kegger party. Yeah, I was gonna say, I don't think I can ever picture you going to a kegger. I've walked over to a kegger and like promptly yeah. left. <laughs> yeah, I just figured, I don't know. I I'm just I'm just picturing. We're, we're, we're going to have a good time with this episode. I mean, the show era was definitely a showdown, you know, when we got to that recap episode. But with the Heisei era, Alex, it's got to be a hoedown. <laughs> it really does, because, I mean, we only have seven films this time. It's not quite as epic, but it's still fun, you know? <laughs> oh, definitely. We should probably reintroduce ourselves for any new listeners. I am Eric. I am the newbie to the series, and I, I, I kind of come across occasionally as a film snob. Hopefully not too bad, though, on these episodes. And on the other end, we have... Alex, and I'm the veteran, but I'm really learning a lot of new things every time we watch these movies. So I feel like I'm almost a newbie like you, Eric, especially when we're on Twitter and we're with the Godzilla fan base. I'm like, I don't know anything. <laughs> well, <laughs> we used to introduce you as the expert. Now I introduce you... As the guy who's seen the movies before. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just getting these slow demotions with each movie we watch. <laughs> really? <laughs> every, every time we get a correction, you know, in our email or on Twitter, it's just one chip away at your <laughs> seniority, Alex. <laughs> yeah, and I'm, I'm at that point where I'm just pretty much a freshman. I'm, I'm right there with yes. you down there now. <laughs> but, you know, I really did... Love some of the feedback that we received during this era. Uh, it's been fun hearing from guests and from listeners online. I also like the guests that we had on during this era. You know, we had Drew on, who's an old friend for the Mecha Godzilla 2 episode, and then David, who's a new friend uh, for our Space Godzilla episode. Uh, I'd also like to say a special thanks to G Man on Twitter <laughs> for providing an epic takedown of our baffled selves from Mecha Godzilla 2. <laughs> he totally that screenshot of the escape pod. <laughs> so in Mecha Godzilla 2, we both were like, how there's no escape pod in this thing. Well, how did they get out? I said that there and was just, an escape pod, but that we never saw it leave. And right. so it, it yes, just cuts to did. it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> it just cuts to them out of it. Yeah. And he just gives us a perfect screenshot with the escape pod circled, <laughs> labeled <laughs> escape pod. <laughs> <laughs> and no other words on the tweet. It no, was yeah. hilarious. Oh, yeah. It was great. <laughs> uh, you know, and then Travis uh, from Kaiju Weekly, he gave us some great feedback on our Godzilla versus Mothra episode. Um, of course, Michael, one of the co-hosts there, um, he's also the Kaiju groupie guy. He won the first Monster Piece mm. theater. Um, and he featured us on the podcast, Kaiju Weekly. Yeah. So we really appreciate the support from everyone. It's really been a pleasure to kind of get to know uh, the Godzilla fan base online. Um, and we're going to feature some more voices in today's hoedown. Yeah. Everybody's been so nice. I mean, I haven't really seen anyone mean yet. 
we did get that really awkward review. Uh, if you go to iTunes, you can look at some of our written reviews, and there's a really strange one that I tweeted about yeah. today. So if you're listening to this, that was probably two weeks ago. Go go take a look at our review. You'll know immediately what we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> uh, are you ready to get into it, Alex? Yeah, I'm ready. All right. What do we got first for our – we'll kind of do our discussion of the era first, and then we'll get into our uh, – Hoedown. Hoedown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I guess what I wanted to ask you was what makes the Hasai era, oh my gosh, I'm already doing it. What makes the Heisei era different from the Showa era? And what are the era's defining characteristics to you, Eric? So I looked back at my notes from the Showa era and I, I listed these. I said one track minded aliens, monster battles, powerful musical scores, ridiculous human plans somewhat campy dialogue and Godzilla as the world savior slash hero. Now I think those characteristics are true, especially for the later half of the show era. And I actually think lots of them carry over. You know, we don't get the aliens as much. We kind of get the Futurians instead. Um, Godzilla never becomes that world savior or hero that we saw in the show era, despite some of the human characters coming to cheer for him. And for the Heisei era, I also think, we added that continuity, whether it works or not. That's definitely a defining characteristic of this era. Um, add to that, we also had an evolving response from the human characters. Right. I think overall, also, it's just a darker tone, despite its own silliness <laughs> at times. <laughs> um, and I think that mix of dark and humor doesn't always work, but... I think that's what makes it feel like the Heisei era. <laughs> yeah, no, I think you're right. You're de- you're definitely on the money, especially with tone. Like there is a consistent tone throughout this series. Like even though we do get a little more goofy stuff with uh, the beginning of Godzilla versus Mothra, and even the uh, beginning of, or just like some of the things with the Futurians and some of the effects. But really, yeah. it's not that goofy overall. Right. Right. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, it is looked down upon by many fans. Um, Do you think it deserves the bad rap that it gets? Well, I mean, after watching all these films, I'm not entirely sure what the real cause is for some of the disdain of this era. I could see a lot of the films being a lot of people's favorite Godzilla films, and we do see that online quite a bit, especially with things like uh, Godzilla vs. King Ghidorah and Godzilla vs. Biollante. And even though we weren't high on Godzilla vs. Destroyer, I do see a lot of people online absolutely loving that film. And there's mm-hmm. a lot, there is a lot to like here. I mean, Godzilla is a force of nature again, and from and he's not only a force of nature again; he's a force of nature from beginning to end. And it's refreshingly, it's refreshing at least at first. The thing for me this time around is that there was really only like two to three standouts of the series. Uh, But I think the reason why people gravitate to the Showa era compared to the Heisei films, and stick with me, I don't know if you buy this or not, but I think it's because of the peaks and valleys of the Showa era. Like, they're very prevalent. You get movies like All Monsters Attack, and I know some people love All Monsters Attack, but just, just stick with me. You get a movie like All Monsters Attack, and then your next movie... It's Godzilla versus Hedorah. And then you go from Godzilla versus Megalon to Godzilla versus Megagodzilla. 
which is vastly superior to pretty much unanimous, unanimously people agree on that. And we don't really get that with the Heisei era. I mean, I think you, you would probably agree that the quality is pretty consistent, even though our review score, especially your review scores, kind of wax and wane a little bit. I would say overall the quality is pretty consistent, which is nice, but it also means that we do suffer maybe a bit from monotony throughout the series. And things almost feel too samey at times. But overall, I really don't think that these movies deserve some of the hate they get. Especially like Space Godzilla. I mean, honestly, of all of these movies, that's the one that feels closest to Showa era. I'm surprised that people don't like that one more. Well, you know, so naively, we mentioned G-Man before, but I naively tagged G-Man in our Heisei era showdown thread on Twitter just kind of joking with him because I've heard him talk against some of the Heisei era films before. And, you know, to my surprise, he actually doesn't hate all Heisei era films. <laughs> <laughs> he, he says Return of Godzilla and Biollante are two great films, but the rest, that's the 90s Heisei era films. Those are the ones that most people, him included, are down upon and he gave me a great explanation i'm going to give you part of it alex all yeah. right so here's what he says he says his problem with the 90s era heisei films is largely the writing i think amori is a fantastic director but a lackadaisical writer um Bailante seems to work in spite of that he tends to have too many characters with very little to do so much so that the Heisei series seem, seems doomed to position most of its main characters as mere spectators by the third act. Hmm. Terasawa, the lead character of King Ghidorah, is just watching the battle from the safety of a control room. The entire main characters become Mothra cheerleaders on a rooftop in versus Mothra, while the supporting cast watches from the safety of a control room. Mamura and Hashiwabara found his way around this by putting characters in Mechagodzilla and Mogera, yeah. but still regulated supporting cast in a control room. In Destoroya, I wonder if Amori cared anymore. <laughs> I challenge anyone to tell me, just off watching it, who the main character is. Right? And we get that. Yeah. I, I understand. I understand. Uh, his issue with that. Lots, yes. lots of the human action, especially in the last third of these films, it takes place outside of the action, mm -hmm. right? Where it's like in a control room <laughs> or, you know, we said, you know, with Destoroya last week, we said some of these characters that started off great in the first vanish. 45 minutes, they vanish. Yeah. What are they doing in the last 45 minutes? Yes. Um, G-Man continued. He says, it extends there with the redundancy and effects techniques and effects cinematography framing. It just gets more and more simplistic. Um, he says the Heisei era only uses continuity when convenient, ignoring other attributes that might complicate matters because it's easier. Um, which I I get. I might hmm. disagree with him a little bit there. Yeah, I think I do I, a little bit. I think the continuity is a, I don't know, I think it's a plus to the Heisei era. Yeah, I do too. But he says overall the 80s films had a great thing going on, um, and they're not entirely clear of his 90s complaints. But he really thinks overall the music was a standout in just about all of the Heisei films, which I agree, except for Space Godzilla. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and also uh, some of the Biollante music with Superman theme in the playing is pretty uh, 
pretty rough. But no, I think I think he makes some really good points. I mean, and it's, it's something we've mentioned. I think on most of the episodes is we keep seeing humans disappear at the very end, which is why I've kind of mm-hmm. taken with Space Godzilla, and I've really in, I really took with uh, King Ghidorah. I mean, that was a complaint mm-hmm. you and me both had during the Showa era, where both of us were like. We didn't realize it until it finally happened that the humans were involved, especially in the final two films, uh, Mechagodzilla and Terror of Mechagodzilla, where you and me both realized, like, oh, the humans uh, playing out their roles in tandem with a Godzilla battle is refreshing and nice and like exactly what we want. And then mm-hmm. we don't really get that much in the Heisei era, mm-hmm. which is a detriment for sure. No, and I think I think he's right. 100% about that. Um, yeah, the continuity idea, I think it works here. And as you told me before, we don't really get that continuity in the next era. Is that right? Right. I think only two films are tethered together in the next film or in the next series. Yeah. And all the rest are completely separate. So it's going to be a, a while. I mean, they're all tethered to the original uh, 1954 mm-hmm. Godzilla, but that's yeah. it. So yeah, no continuity cool. really. But I, I'm with you. I think that was a it was a nice aspect, especially Miki. I know people don't really care for Miki, but I was glad to see Miki throughout the series. But I know this is your first time through the Hasai era, Eric. But did you have any like surprises? Well, my biggest surprise was that it's not the Hasai era. Oh my it's gosh, the era, Alex. Oh. <laughs> that's life. That's a life lesson I'll never forget. I've said Heisei now. So many times, I'm not going back to Hasai, Alex. I'm sorry. You can all you want. Yeah, so it's it's kind of like for me, like, I always called Thanos, Thanos. No, I always called Thanos, yeah. Thanos. And now he's called, uh, I can, now I don't even know which one's the real one anymore. So, you know, <laughs> old habits die hard. So besides the That's Heisei right. era, besides that we were pronouncing it completely wrong, well, I was pronouncing it wrong the whole time. But besides that you were pronouncing it wrong the first couple of episodes, <laughs> what other surprises did you have? What's my biggest surprise? Well, I, I'm kind of with you. My my second biggest surprise was Godzilla versus Space Godzilla. And I think we'll get more into it later. Uh, but for now, it's not my favorite film of the Heisei era. But it's not the worst, I don't think, like many make it out to be. I actually enjoyed the human plot of that story. Now, to be fair... Maybe it's just my crush on Dr. Gondo. But, <laughs> Forgot. but I also enjoyed Yuki's monomaniacal request for revenge at the expense of others. Yes. Um, and as you were mentioning, another big surprise for me was Miki. Now, she's not the coolest character for me um, in our coolest character awards, but she definitely develops the most of these characters throughout the Heisei era. Now, I was talking to someone, uh, Blue Nova, I think, online and they complain that Miki didn't have real character development over the Heisei era, but I just have to disagree with that. Oh, 100%. Um, now, she doesn't, yeah, she doesn't develop after her initial introduction for about three films. So I get that complaint 100%. But then, starting in Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla 2, she actually starts to consider her actions and the consequences of those actions. Now, Okawara, the director, I don't think he lets his film, films breathe too much. But as I've mentioned in the previous episodes, he does, for some reason, when it comes to Miki. Um, And we actually see her contemplate her decisions and the impacts of her decisions. Whether you agree with that or not, that's that's up to you. Um, And I can understand 
basically, if someone said, you know, she's a villain for siding with a, a threat that's destroying the world, Godzilla, but there is a slow and subtle change. The films just don't beat you up with it with exposition. Right. Yeah. We don't get like a recap of her uh, position in the previous movie. So, and it's something you could probably only pick up if you watch these movies pretty quickly. I mean, she does have a very clear arc though. And that arc really starts to turn when she meets uh, baby Godzilla. And I think once she realizes like that this is like a real creature too, she really starts to feel sorry for the bigger Godzilla. Yes, and there wasn't there was a complaint like uh, one of the responsible. Well, why does she have a connection with this baby Godzilla? She doesn't spend much time with it. Yes, you're right. She doesn't spend much time with Godzilla Junior. But one, it's a baby, <laughs> so it's cute, <laughs> right? It's cute. You make connections, and two. It's also her kinetic abilities that bring that connection. You know, it's not just time spent one on one with this baby. We've already learned that she has the psychic connection yes. to Godzilla Jr. Yeah, and that does carry over. And then as we see, like, even if you don't like her, uh, her siding with Godzilla in the last film, Destoroya, she does ultimately make the decision to lead Godzilla Jr. into battle with Destoroya at the expense yeah. of Godzilla Jr. in order to yeah. save humanity. She makes the hard call. Yeah, so she has an entire story arc. She has development uh, throughout. And that was, a good, that was a good piece of continuity uh, that I felt in this series. Yeah, me too. I actually had some surprises too, but not all mine were good. Uh, <laughs> okay. So I was like, I was so excited to see Biollante. And you and me watched it together, but... You know, we see him in his, all of his glory, but then I had completely forgotten it. That final battle is so anticlimactic. I mean, yeah. it was a big surprise. <laughs> it, was a, a big, <laughs> it was so disappointing to see like my favorite monster just kind of wither away after Godzilla went down. Yeah. He just dies and goes into space and creates uh, God, Space Godzilla. <laughs> <laughs> You'd remembered it so fondly, you were expecting a little bit more. Yeah, just a little bit more. Now, I didn't remember that the battle was a little stiff. Uh, and, and the battle is overall, but I, I remember it going on much more prolonged and having a more decisive winner than this had. And this just kind of was a draw because Bailante yeah. decided to fade, fade away while Godzilla was down for the count. But right. really, my biggest surprise <laughs> was mm-hmm. that... What I felt was the central and best romance maybe we've seen in the Godzilla franchise and Godzilla versus King Ghidorah was actually like an incestuous relationship. <laughs> and, you know, it's a good thing that the granddaughter got back to the future before we had more of a back to the future scenario on our hands. <laughs> I like that. This is true. I, you know, on, on second glance, though, I don't I don't think it's a romantic Dude, you As, and me both. You know, we make it out. You to and me, me both so. were like, "This is a cute couple right here." Like, I'm into this. And then, <laughs> like, we, like we, you and me both like pushed out his actual girlfriend and replaced her with his granddaughter. <laughs> yeah, we did. We really did. <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. So, besides besides incestuous relationships, Alex, um, who do you think? was Godzilla's biggest foe of the Heisei era. You know, 
I mentioned back in Biolante that uh, she is my favorite monster design, period. And, well, at least in the Godzilla franchise. But her combat prowess leaves a lot to be desired. She's like, she's kind of like the Boba Fett in Star Wars. You know, like, mm-hmm. yeah, sure, Boba Fett looks cool, but does he really do anything? No, not really. <laughs> <laughs> and that's kind of what Biolante is. So I have to say that the best foam or foam, the best foe <laughs> of the Heisei era for me is probably probably Mecha King Ghidorah, even though I, I'm kind of split because Mecha King Ghidorah is this really cool return to form of a foe that we kind of got tired of in the Showa era. Like we were both mm. pretty tired of King Ghidorah. He, he lost all of his uh, intimidation, but when he came back this time, he puts up a fight. And then not only that, when he comes back as a, uh, a big metal monstrosity, he, he's mm. really cool. But I think oh, yeah. I think Mecha Godzilla two, or not Mecha Godzilla two, but Mecha Godzilla in this series is probably the biggest foe. I mean, he he dropped Godzilla pretty quick during that first encounter. Yeah, no, that's definitely true. I thought about going with with Mecha King Ghidorah, but then you know, I was I was thinking about it. I was actually thinking, you know, maybe the biggest threat to Godzilla here are the humans. Yeah, you know, uh, as we progress from Super X one to X two to Mecha Godzilla to Megira to X three, the human attack gets more and more sophisticated. So that by the time we get to Super X three, they just know how to deal with them and they take them out relatively easily. Yeah, stalling him is no problem. Yeah, stalling him is no, yeah. They don't necessarily take him out, but you know dealing with the issue immediately they do it really easily so i was thinking maybe the humans are are the biggest threat of course destoroya ends up destroying godzilla so maybe <laughs> we're discounting his influence alex yeah but he goes out it, it's kind of that anticlimactic thing where you, you're not entirely sure how the monster got taken care of kind of like biolante right. that's the only reason destoroya isn't even on my list is because you know if i hadn't read what happened to him I wouldn't have known, mm-hmm. even though I watched it several right. times to try to figure it out. Yeah, for sure. All right, so you asked me this question with the show era, so I'll ask you now for the Heisei era. Which film has the potential to change you, and in what ways? In other words, did any of these films teach you anything? All right, so I think I'm going to go with The Return of Godzilla. Um, in particular, one character in The Return of Godzilla. He's not going to be my main character, or my coolest character. He's not... Can't believe that. You're acting, gonna pick one of my. But it's it, it's okay. It's Prime Minister <laughs> yes. Mitsumura. Yeah. Yes, this is actually going to be a nice <laughs> Just, like uh, follow through into the awards. <laughs> there you go. Yes. Just the way that he handled his business in that movie, it really showed how listening but assertive presence can make a big difference, especially when he was taking a stand against what was the dominant narrative in the film. The American and the Russian diplomat in that fil- diplomat in that film. They're just so confident in themselves, but it's driven by ego. Minamura, however, his confidence comes from this deep conviction in his own principles. Now, I don't think I'm necessarily unprincipled, Alex, but I wish I could have as deep convictions as Minamura, where he doesn't always have to say the last word or say anything at all to get his point across. It's something that I think we can strive for. Yeah, no, uh, and I agree, and that... You know, I'll, well, I'll go ahead and do our awards because I'm just going to 
I'm just going to bounce right off of what you're saying. That sounds great. Coolest character award, Alex. <laughs> yeah, and our rules are that you can only use a film once, and mm-hmm. it can be a moment mentioned that we've mentioned before as an award or not, which I, I have done frequently mm-hmm. for this one. But uh, the, the, it's like you said, Prime Minister Minamura is a character that I keep coming back to when I think about the Heisei era. I love how he is during the boardroom meetings. Again, I, I just yeah. like his stoicness and his ability to listen. And, you know, after watching this entire era, it's a trait that we don't see a lot of. I mean, I thought that yeah. that would be something we saw more of, but this is the only film where we get a character who is willing to just sit, listen, contemplate, and come up with a solution. And I really like that. I like someone who... <laughs> He doesn't have to take action for action to be happening. He can sit and listen and create a plan. And I just really like that. And that's why he gets my coolest character award. Nice. No, I like that. So I'm going to go with the priest in Return of Godzilla. (laughs) For the coolest character, you know, he was pretty darn cool. (laughs) Wait, is this the guy that was like excited about being killed? (laughs) This is the guy with the big smile on his face, you know. As Godzilla is just about to destroy him. He, he has the sunglasses. He takes them off and he just smiles. Right. And, and look, at the time, I loved him because he was just so cool as he faces death. But, you know, after that episode, I think it was David. He turned me on to the fact that this was actually a famous cameo. It was Hiroshi Kamiyatsu, who's a famous music star in Japan, um, but who also did some acting. Now, around this time that The Return of Godzilla was released, he had recently played a teacher who actually dressed up in the same costume (laughs) as a priest. So it was actually kind of this like layered cameo that we would never have picked up on Alex, not being a Japanese audience. Now, personally for me, that cameo doesn't affect how I view the character. (laughs) uh, In a sense, I wish I didn't know. (laughs) Like, I just love the moment. It's so random. Um, I just love how that moment plays out. Yeah. It's just like he's just embracing what's right in front of him and the reality of the moment. <laughs> now, I had some runner-ups, Alex, because you know me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we had, you know, Emmy and King Ghidorah was awesome. Oh, and also King Ghidorah had three other characters, yeah, or two other characters awesome. that I considered. Shindo, Emmy, and M11, I considered for this one. <laughs> oh, M11. How did I not even think M11, about M11? Yeah. How how can you not think about the character who skates through battlefields? (laughs) (laughs) Skates on the corpses of of, uh, his enemies. Exactly. We had Miki, who we've already talked about. We had my crush, Dr. Gondo. (laughs) We had Dr. Ijuin. Or you could have even chosen uh, Kiss You Guys, (laughs) SSS9. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of kiss, you guys, was that your most memorable line? It literally is. No. (laughs) Yeah. So I I frequently think back on this line, and not only am I perplexed by this line, because I've seen people trying to explain it online, and none of their explanations make any damn sense. But (laughs) after he kills all these people, he says, kiss, you guys. And I'm just so confused. Like, it haunts my dreams. <laughs> <laughs> I can't figure it out how in any world anyone translated this to make any sense. So that gets my <laughs> most memorable line. Well guessed, Eric. What's yours? 
I love it. Uh, mine's from the same movie, actually. And it's... Uh, oh, the not a bad sight. <laughs> no, it's actually not that one. <laughs> it's Dr. Shiragami. And he says, solitude weighs heavy. I get some strange ideas. This one's kind of stuck with me. You know, it's in reference to his science experiments. But as I said then, and I think it still is true now, that line, you know, still is universal. You know, when we have a community of people that are willing to keep us in check, we can end up with some pretty strange ideas. Is that is that community, not the isolation, that allows us to actually create meaning in our lives. So that that line stood out to me in uh, the series, Alex. Yeah. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Now, what about our uh, Can't Believe That Acting Award? Who'd you pick for that one? Okay, so I mentioned him as a runner-up for my Coolest Character Award, but I'm going to go with Yoshio Tsuchiya as Shindo um, in Godzilla vs. King Ghidorah. Ah, now, he's just yeah. that emotional thread of an otherwise campy film. But I love how his performance, it just adds gravitas to the entire proceedings. His end is fitting, but the standout moment as a performer is that teary tribute to Godzillasaurus after being saved. Yes. <laughs> it was a great moment. It is a great moment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. What about you? Uh, mine was, I, I kind of want to preface my award by saying that I do think there are probably more solid one-off performances, but... I think Miki, played by Megumi Adaka, is consistent throughout the series. Yes, sometimes she literally goes two scenes in a movie. <laughs> like That's all she has. But I yeah. feel like when she is in the series, which is, I think, the majority of the movies, her role is consistent. And we genuinely, at least you and me, uh, bought her change over time from wanting to defeat Godzilla to being his protector. And then ultimately... Having to kind of do the make the hard choice and kill the baby or potentially kill the baby, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is you know pretty pretty good arc if you ask me. Well, you know, and thinking about her, I think the times where you really could have some complaints against her acting isn't necessarily her fault. I think about the moments in, um, which was a space Godzilla. In Space Godzilla, you know, where she's visited by the cosmos. <laughs> yeah, that's not her fault. And no one knows anything. <laughs> you know, it reminds me, Alex, of um, Captain Marvel, you know, where How so? you don't like necessarily Brie Larson's performance in there. Oh, no, I think it's hot garbage. It's just the it's just the writing. Oh no, I think it's know, a performance. Her, I think it's a performance. Her negative <laughs> I'm just kidding. I knew you'd say that. <laughs> it's really the writing that creates some awkward moments in there, not the performance mm. overall. Anyway, <laughs> I did have a I did <laughs> I did have a runner up, Alex, uh, for the Can't Believe That Acting Award. Because he's been on my mind uh recently as I've been watching Ultra Q. I just watched an episode called Challenge from the Year 2020, and it had Ikiji Kobayashi in it which he was the guy he won my most memorable line in our godzilla versus mothra episode but he's the government official who's on the environmental board that honestly he just lightens the mood <laughs> with his presence yeah. in some of those you could call them tense you could call them boring on looking scenes from that control room um but he's been on my mind i like him i think he just plays a, a 
a character we never see again. He's standalone, but he's funny enough and adds a little bit of uh, lightness, I guess, to that film. Yeah, yeah. I, I think so, too. What about your standout effect award? Uh, mine's, you know, there's a million fantastic effects in these films, but I feel like there are two effects that have really stayed with me. One's a kind of a big one and one's a little one. So I'll make the big one. No, I'll make the little one my main effect. That way I'll double up. But uh, the little effect is when we get the separation of Mogera during Godzilla versus Space Godzilla. And I mentioned this as my award back then, but I've seen that scene again since then. And it really impresses me when Lan Mogera lands on the ground for the first time. And there's all these miniatures around, small cars, buildings, trees, everything around it. And it's this really nice illustration of scale of the land Mogera as it lands right between the buildings and the cars. It just, it takes up the entire street, but it looks so good. It just looks perfect. And it it still kind of sticks with me, which is kind of odd. But then my other, I guess, uh, secondary award goes to just, you're pulling a me with a runner up. That's, that's cool. I know. Yeah. And you inspire me every day, Eric. (laughs) (laughs) So, but then, just by Alante in general, the execution and puppetry of the entire character, moving all the parts, it, it's just, it's so cool. And it, it just had to be mentioned, at least. What about you? Yes. Well, I thought about going with Bailante, honestly, because that effect when Bailante is moving across the land, like towards Godzilla, yeah. is just awesome. Uh, but I'm going to go with what I went with last week, actually, because I've just been thinking about that effect where the Super X three freezes Godzilla and that close up of, the, of his face in particular, when he freezes, I'm still impressed by that. I think that was such a cool effect. <laughs> yeah, it is a cool effect. What about your, Oh, that's a good shot award, Alex. Well, I had to kick my actual best shot to second place for runner up because <laughs> it turns out I've just picked a lot of stuff from the same movie. <laughs> uh, but I would have to say that my main favorite shot is the shot from my least favorite movie of the Heisei era, and that's Godzilla versus Mothra. It's this overhead shot where all the all of the Navy is firing on Mothra in the water. And while Mothra looks like our typical turdy self, uh, we see all these ships that look they look realistic. They look perfect. And then all the gunfire and smoke and everything you can, it's not that you can hardly see the image, but it obscures a lot of the frame. And it really does feel like they're laying everything they can into this worm (laughs) or larva that they're not going to be able to stop. It's just a really cool moment. And then my runner up, AKA the real award, uh, is, (laughs) is for, uh, the return of Godzilla where, Godzilla falls into the lava and this was my shot, my pick for that award Mm -hmm. then. And it shows all of these cabinet members and government officials in this room, all lit up with the red color from the magma uh, displaying off of the television screen. And it just leads to this moment of this really sad kind of somber ending, evoking unexpected emotions. Mm. And I just, I can't say enough about that shot. It's just really cool and powerful. Well, it's interesting to compare that ending to Godzilla versus Destoroya last week because it was a sense of closure, I think, a little bit with that with that ending as yeah. well. 
Um, and there's just two different emotional responses, I think. And maybe, maybe the return of Godzilla is just done more effectively now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah, I, I think you're probably right. Because with that music, the, that awesome score playing at the final moments is perfect. Yeah, the, the score is perfect there. And the cuts, you know, from human characters to human characters and their reaction to what's happening. I think it's a powerful, powerful moment. Well, I will say, and this never made any of my list, but I love that they decided to do that si- that silent shot at the end of Desidoria, uh, mm-hmm. where it zooms in and we realize that Baby God or Godzilla Junior has revived. I just love that they decided to do that silent, slow zoom that goes up to them. Yeah. I, I think it's just a really cool choice and like one of the few moments where they kind of take it easy, <laughs> you yeah. know. Yeah, and I like that too. So you're going to love my runner-up for this one, Alex. It's, uh, you know, the classic Mickey sunset shot in Space Godzilla. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> you, know, you know I love me I some sunset. I know sunsets. you love yourself a sunset. <laughs> uh, but the actual shot I'm going with <laughs> is from Mechagodzilla 2, and it's that point-of-view tracking shot of the electric grappling hooks entering into Godzilla they did something similar in Space Godzilla, but I think it was it was done um, more effectively in Mecha Godzilla yeah. too. Yeah, that when they enter Godzilla and the blood spurts out, it's like, ow! Like, like <laughs> you gotta feel it a little bit, you know? <laughs> no, it's true. <laughs> All right, Alex. So now it's time for the Heisei era hoedown. What, why don't I just no holds tell bar. <laughs> Oh yeah, no holds in bar Moscow. in Mo- Moscow. And this is your Rocky yeah, no reference. Holds bar in Moscow. This is my Rocky Four <laughs> reference that I will continue to put in every time we have one of these battles. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Should I just read my list and let's just go with my list? Um <laughs> It's probably gonna be pretty similar if we're being honest. Well, I don't know. I think we, uh, I'm interested to see. Well, so I do have some uh, good Twitter reactions that I would like to share with you. Oh, yeah. And awesome. um, we'll start. We'll do the same thing we did last time. We'll start from the bottom and we'll work our way up. Do you you have paper and pen handy so we can have our definitive Monsters versus Men uh, ranking at the end of this? I'm ready, Alex? I'm ready to go. All right. So we had a couple of responses that just they decided it was too hard to choose which was their favorite. One was David from the Kaiju Apostle. He says, I'm pretty indifferent about the Heisei era, to be honest, so I don't know if I could give a good answer. Oh, my God, It's been a long time since I've watched... (laughs) Well, listen, here's the thing. He says, it's been too long since I've watched anything apart from Space Godzilla. So, you know what, Alex? I think that's just a vote for Space Godzilla. David's (laughs) favorite Heisei film is Space Godzilla. You heard it here, folks. (laughs) Yep, you heard it here first. <laughs> we also, we got a message from Giant Monster Messages podcast. And it says, you know, it's hard to pick a favorite as I believe only a few of them get as high as an okay to good. And at least two of them are bad in my opinion. So he chickens out and says any of the first four, but each for different reasons. 84 for serious, Bailante for story, Ghidorah for camp, Mothra for Batra. you know that is probably one of the best aspects of godzilla versus mothra indeed indeed um but then my number seven 
film, okay. my last film in no. the Heisei yeah, era, garbage. Alex, is <laughs> I know this film is garbage. You're no, right. it's Godzilla versus Mecha Godzilla two. Uh-huh. No, I think you're. Well, where's man. this rank for you? Where's this rank for you, Alex? Godzilla versus Mecha Godzilla for me is number five. Number five. Okay, so I'm not that bad. You're pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, but it doesn't belong. It doesn't belong down there. You don't understand. <laughs> well, you're not alone, Alex. Uh, Packin on Twitter says Mega Godzilla two for the win. I asked him a follow up because I thought he was the only one who would say this is his favorite. He just says I'm not a Toho fanboy who needs human development while busting a hate nut to a 2019 <laughs> sequel film. <laughs> <laughs> oh man i saw that response was yeah. for some reason it was much funnier when you read it out loud <laughs> it was funny when i read it out loud <laughs> spectacular kaiju action with a mildly interesting plot is more than enough for me i don't know if he'll like most of our podcasts but <laughs> <laughs> but you know like it is it does have the most action kaiju action oh, yeah definitely but, but the the human story for me just isn't there, right? It's just not there. And another person that loved Godzilla or Mecha Godzilla 2 was the Kaiju groupie. Um, you know, he says he's with you in that Bio Goji <laughs> yeah. was his favorite for a long time. But for some reason, he's grabbing to it, gravitating to it less these days. For the moment, I'm going to have to say either Return of Godzilla, Godzilla 85, or Mecha Godzilla 2. Which I just thought was so, it was interesting because he had some of my favorites, The Return of Godzilla, paired with Mechagodzilla 2, my least favorite. Yeah, I mean, my number seven is Godzilla versus Mothra. And, you know, I probably, I think I rated it too high when I did the episode, actually, now. Now I've thought about it more. The more I think about it, the more I realize that the characters completely disappeared, not even before the fight happened. Like, 45 minutes uh, into the movie, yeah. they just vanish. I think. <laughs> so, I, well, you, you, you're going to break. It's my number six film, to be fair, and you're going to break Travis from Kaiju Weekly Podcast. Heart. Oh no. He says uh, <laughs> it's his favorite. I'm sorry. You know, he loves the fun Indiana Jones tone. Yes. It could just be Takarada san that he loves, uh, but he says I can't quite tell why I've grown to love it so much. But I went from never seeing it having seen it more than any other Heisei era film. I mean, here's the deal. I get loving that first half. That first 40, 40, it probably wasn't even 45 minutes, but that all the stuff in the jungle, I was on board for. I was ready for that movie. But when that movie went away, and then when our characters pretty quickly faded away, (laughs) just like the jungle did, I I really lost a lot of interest in that movie. I mean, it just kind of got boring but i love batra though i will say batra is probably one of the best designed monsters of the heisei era well you're not alone uh gmk goji says this was his favorite because batra was awesome and he's right batra is awesome i think you and me both agree on that yeah what was your wait wait wait. number six are we gonna are we gonna kick godzilla what's gonna be number seven well What's your number seven then? Mine's Godzilla. Your number seven is Mothra. My number six is Mothra. We probably have to push that to seven. Yeah. Yeah. Oh dang. Then you have you're gonna have to bring Mecha Godzilla down to six though. Sorry. (sighs) Okay, that's fair. What What do you have currently at number six? I have Godzilla versus Destoroyah. 
Because <laughs> honestly, you know, I got really excited for it after seeing the fan base kind of pretty, I don't know about United, but a lot of people really like it. And I was looking through a lot of top 10 lists, and that movie is in the top 10 for a lot of websites. And watching it, I don't, I don't get it. Like it's a it's a really good finisher for the Heisei era, but mm-hmm. I think that's where it ends. It's a good finisher. I don't know if it's a great film, and yeah, you know the the final battle is a little. It builds and it builds and then it ends. Yes. Well, so here's the thing, Alex. My my four my three four and five films, they're all in the same camp. They're all rated three out of five stars for me. You know, so, so that maybe tells you something about the era in general is my number three, four and five are all three out of five stars. But Destroya was actually my number three film. Call me crazy, what? but it was it was my number three film. And, you know, there is there does seem to be, you know, some fans that really love this film, but I only received one response on Twitter about it. And it was from Bro Nova. He says, Destroya's devilish design, Junior's metamorphosis and burning Godzilla just burning Godzilla. Yeah, burning Godzilla. I mean, he's right. Burning Godzilla <laughs> yeah. is so cool. <laughs> yeah, he is. That is one of the coolest aspects of that film. We we may move that down for me a little bit, but I think we're going to have to move Mecha Godzilla down. No, that's fine. Mecha Godzilla can be number six. I'm I'm willing to put it there. Okay. Uh, well, then what was do you want to put this, uh, Destroy at five? Yeah, I think we I think we'll probably move that to five because as I said, three, four, and five are all similar to me. What was your number five? Mine was Mechagodzilla, which we kicked down to number six. Okay. What about you? Well, my number five then is Godzilla versus Biolante. Ah. And I know this one this one's controversial because on Twitter, Biolante was either people's first choice or if it wasn't their first choice, it was almost always their second choice after the return wow. of Godzilla. See, I had um, Biolante at number four. So yeah, so we're cl- we're yeah, close. so it'll be we're a four close. then because that's as low as I can go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and you know if you remember, I talked myself up to a three point five out of five, and then I lowered it back to a three. Biolante is awesome, like the monster is awesome, but as I said while we were watching that film, the plot, watching it the first time as as someone new to this series, I had no idea what was going on. I mean, yeah, I, I got the general idea, but really the intricacies of the plot, the intricacies of the characters, I couldn't pick up on it the first time. Yeah. And I think that's that's the writing. It comes down to the writing, um, which, you know, I think, you know, G-Man even said the writing has some flaws in this one. Um, yeah. the, the characters, I liked them more the second time, but really the character that stands out to me is SSS9, <laughs> you know, Mr. Neo. <laughs> Who shouldn't be the one that sticks out. No, he shouldn't be the one that sticks out. But a couple people that responded to Godzilla versus Biolante, we had Seth the Welsh, you know, he said he had to watch it twice, but the second time he got it. We had Eric Schuster, who says it had a new cool looking monster instead of reimagining of an old Mm -hmm. one and a engaging human story in between the monsters. I do like the human story. It just is harder to pick up on. Um, Probably the most comprehensive uh, response for this one was uh, Ota Kusatsu, I believe it's pronounced. And he says, story, engaging. Pacing, perfect. Likeable human cast, yes. Memorable characters, multiple. Better than average dub, check. 
Goji Design, Pinnacle. New Kaiju that is also awesome? Affirmative. <laughs> Deeper underlying message? Check. Bio Wars? He leaves blank. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, pretty funny. But I, I agree with most of them. I agree with most. I would say the pacing is not perfect. No. Um, I do think there are some memorable characters if you have rewatched this film a couple times. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I don't think you and me really had any memorable characters the first time around, right? Yeah. I mean, here's my feeling on just movies in general. Yeah, there's a lot of movies that are even better the second time, but it shouldn't take yeah. two times to understand the plot. And maybe that says something about how dumb we are, but Eric, you and me, we watch a ton of movies. We're, yeah. we're used to we we're do. used to plot, <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I I mean, that's, that's my feeling too, is there are some movies where you want to watch it a second time, not because you need to understand the plot, but because something else was like so engaging that it drew you in. Um, If you have to watch a movie to understand like the plot and not just because it was like doing something new or unique or innovative, but it was just because you didn't understand. Stand it. Yeah, it's broken <laughs> you know, English. Like it, yeah, didn't <laughs> and flow. then bad translation as well. Compared, yeah, it didn't make it. <laughs> well, Gargantucast also replied. They said this was their favorite, um, as it explores the dangers of genetic engineering yes. that was ahead of its time, while having a great human narrative and one of the best creature effects in the franchise with Biolante's final form. I agree with two and, out of three of those for sure. Exactly. Yeah. Indeed. Um, so we'll move that one to our. Number four? Yes. Is that what you said? All right. What was your current number four? Though? Yeah, that was Godzilla vs. Biollante. All right. Well, my current number four, and this is another controversial one because it's in the middle of the pack for me. It's Space Godzilla. I have that at number three, <laughs> man. Okay, there we go. So <laughs> I can't believe I put that at number three. <laughs> it, it sounds weird. It really does. Um, but, man, just thinking about it. It's so fun. I liked well, I liked some of the human characters. I liked Yuki. I liked Dr. Gondo. I liked Miki in this film in particular. It was bloated for sure, right? Yeah. It had too many things going on, but I liked the human aspects of this story. Yeah, um, I like that they're involved in the final battle too, which is yeah. something missing from most of these movies. Yeah, now whether they're qualified, that's another story. <laughs> well, one of them is, kind of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But... uh Chancy Pants, Chancy Pants on Twitter, <laughs> he he went back and forth. He went back and forth. He said, is it the unique Godzilla versus Biollante? Is it the poignant Godzilla versus Mothra, Battle for Earth? Perhaps the goofy Godzilla versus Space Godzilla? Or is it the epic conclusion, Godzilla versus Destroya? Honestly, it's a tie between these. But it's definitely not Space Godzilla, though. <laughs> <laughs> the ties between the other three. <laughs> That's pretty good. People yeah. really don't like this one. And I can't believe that they this don't. is going to be number three for us. <laughs> yeah, but I, I would agree. It's not going to reach the very top for us. It's it's just not. <laughs> no, no. I mean, it's not going to reach the top. But to reach number three over our overall rankings yes. is pretty impressive for Space Godzilla. <laughs> it is. It is. So... Tell me then, what's your number two, Alex? Mine is The Return of Godzilla. Ooh. I know. You and me are going to have to duke it out my, for these last two. Mine is Godzilla versus King Ghidorah. But it's close. They're both three and a half out of five stars for me. Um, what, what is your... Uh, well, let's let's start with Godzilla versus King Ghidorah. Okay. 
right? You're number one, my number yeah. two currently. So, the, and you want me to break down why I put it in my number one? Yeah, tell me. Okay, so this is the only one of the Heisei era to probably crack my top ten. Uh, and the reason is, I think the monster battles are quick, but they're really fun. They're really kinetic. They make someone we a villain that we didn't care about matter again. Where we both liked him. And not only that, they made him a bad guy and a good guy. <laughs> but we mm-hmm. also get we get so many characters that we really like. Like I for for the return of Godzilla, I love that movie, but I only remember one character. Like I only remember his name. And that was my favorite character award. But I don't mm-hmm. remember anybody else. But for Godzilla versus King Ghidorah. I remember there's four characters that you and me both really liked, including M11, who is hilarious (laughs) and even turns into a spaceship, might I add. (laughs) Now I do think it cops out a little bit with its ending, but I think the return of Godzilla does too. Birds as a solution to beat Godzilla is a little dumb. And the ending of Godzilla versus King Adora, they just drop him in the ocean, hoping it kills him. I, I think mm-hmm. the goal is more to get him away than anything, but yeah, I, I, that plus the Futurians and that the humans help defeat the Futurians with a witty teleportation. There's just so many aspects of Godzilla versus King Ghidorah that I really, really like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. You know, monsters conquers monsters conquer the world. Responded, and they said Biolante used to be their favorite without hesitation, but. I think they've started to realize, you know, the monster effects in that movie are some of the absolute best. But as he said, it doesn't mean much if you don't care about the monster's goals. But yeah. King Ghidorah is bonkers, but in an extremely fun way, he said. It's not as beautiful as Biollante, but it has its moments. Futurians, Dorats, Mecha King Ghidorah, an actual dinosaur killing World War II guys, yeah. uncreating and recreating Godzilla. It's pulpy perfection. <laughs> it's it's the only Godzilla movie with a Spielberg reference, just not in any way you would have guessed beforehand. <laughs> this is true. This is true. <laughs> what about you with the return? Make your make your statement. Well, let me let me give a couple more justifications for King Ghidorah. Oh. So James Davies. Yeah, let, let me help out your case for a second. James Davies said the return of Godzilla objectively is the best movie in terms of depth and focus. Okay. Yeah, I I probably agree. Um, But as a Godzilla movie, I think Godzilla versus King Ghidorah has the spirit and the energy of the older movies and was the peak of the remake rehashing era. Close third was his Mecha Godzilla versus Mecha Godzilla 2. No, I don't agree (laughs) with that one. (laughs) And then Scott Walden um, says tough one, but he goes with Godzilla versus King Ghidorah. I love the bonkers time travel plot, the creature designs and fights, and the introduction of Mecha King Ghidorah. Yes. It's a great balance between old and new, silly and dramatic. And I agree. I love this film. I really do. But as you asked, Alex, to me, it is the return of Godzilla. It features that darker tone that harkens back to the 1954 original. At the same time, it features some fun elements that we've come to enjoy from the Showa era and that are amplified to 100 in later Heisei era films. Uh, this is the film I'm looking forward to rewatching most of the Heisei era. Um, you know, Corey on Twitter said, The Return of Godzilla is a film that gives us the menacing creature that Godzilla had since 
had since lost after the original. Not only does it have an amazing suit, but its, its score perfectly complements the film, um, which I agree with. Uh, the Monster Island Film Vault podcast, they said the return of Godzilla, the Japanese version, is a unique perspective on the Cold War because it shows it from the perspective of Japan, a comparatively small nation caught between the superpowers. Also, the score is haunting and fits the apocalyptic imagery. Um, and then uh, Yoink on Twitter, which I like that screen name, says probably Godzilla 84 with Hashimoto's directing, Kuroku's music, and Nakano's effects. All these traits really bring the film together wonderfully, but Bailante is also great. And then lastly, Dylan Toaster says 84 is his favorite. It may lack the technical perfection of Bailante. 84 is still impressive, if inconsistent, and rich characters, but I prefer the disaster movie feel and rich gothic atmosphere. It's my go-to comfort Godzilla film, which I, I see that, right? I want, I want to go back to this film. I like those um, gothic elements. I like that disaster movie feel. As you mentioned, I love that ending scene. Yeah. There's a weight to it, but it's rewatchable, right? It's rewatchable at the same time. So I, I'm excited to get back to that film. Have I convinced you at all, Alex? Well, I mean, you failed to mention that Godzilla versus King Ghidorah has the best romance in all of the Godzilla <laughs> franchise. <laughs> that has to bring it down, Alex. I think we I think like, we went with with your and show air showdown. I think we flipped your three and your two. I don't remember what my we did, three and two. But I'm I'm willing so to I, give you the the number one because uh, I just don't want to hear about it from you anymore, really. But <laughs> <laughs> no, but but really, it it is a really good movie, uh, and it yeah. may have cracked my top ten. I know I said Godzilla versus King Ghidorah is the only one that did. I need to take another look at that, but. It is an enjoyable film. I feel like it loses that horror at the beginning. I hate that it's kind of like Godzilla versus Mothra where it teases me with something else and then it's gone, you know, and I want, I want what I was teased. I want that. That's what I wanted, (laughs) you know? And so I think that's the only thing that really hurts the return of Godzilla for me, but I really do like it. Like the encounter between the X one, the super X one and Godzilla is really cool. Like it's a really neat event to see humans prepared for Godzilla. It's just really neat. So I'm willing to make return one. All right. Yeah. That sounds good to me. So do you have our definitive monsters versus men list? I do. The, the only list. That's right. The only list that (laughs) that Godzilla fans ever need. And if space Godzilla isn't in your top three, you're a fool. So, (laughs) so one is the return of Godzilla. Two is Godzilla versus King Ghidorah. Three, Godzilla versus Space Godzilla. (laughs) Four, Godzilla versus Biollante. Five, Godzilla versus Destoroya. Six, Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla 2. And seven, Godzilla versus Mothra. In its rightful place. <laughs> nice. Now, Alex, it only took you an hour to say Destoroya. That's pretty impressive. Thank you. That's pretty impressive. <laughs> uh, next week, and that, I mean, that concludes the Heisei era. You know, thanks for listening and if sticking with us if you've made it this far. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but next week, we have a special treat as we enter into a new era <laughs> with a new film. 
I love how you say it. Like, it sounds so genuine and sincere. It really did. <laughs> tell, them, tell them what we're watching. Next, next week, week we're watching. We watch yeah, it. next week we're watching the infamous Godzilla 98. That's right. The next Godzilla stars Matthew Broderick. Have you seen this film? It'll make you sick. I'm not kidding. It's one nasty flick. This Everett thought he was slick. He needs to be... <laughs> to be beaten with a stick this godzilla doesn't even click look at those thighs they ain't even thick <laughs> and i'm done oh my gosh oh man <laughs> jeez louise you didn't see that coming <laughs> no i didn't and you're gonna have to do it again at some point, maybe as our outro, <laughs> because I was so confused when the music came on, <laughs> and you couldn't even finish it because you had to laugh so much at yourself. <laughs> oh, oh, oh man! Oh, so <laughs> I also made up a rhyme question. <laughs> All right, <laughs> is this Godzilla or a scoop of vanilla? <laughs> oh my gosh. How does it even make any sense, dude? What do you mean vanilla is the blandest <laughs> ice cream? Mind is in Godzilla '98. What aspects do you hate? <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty on the nose. I'm, pretty on the nose. Oh man! And we have some special guests next week, Alex. Oh yeah, I, I think I, we'll keep those as a surprise. Yes, yes. Two very special. Special guests. Yeah, special. So tune in next time. <laughs> but until next week, first, you can follow us on Twitter at MVM underscore pod. You can uh, follow us on Letterboxd at Alex Cornett and Eric Neely. Or you can email us, MVMPod at gmail.com. And you can watch the movie on Netflix. Until, indeed. <laughs> until next week, Alex. <laughs> try to stay, to stay alive. alive. again to play as the outro music okay. oh my gosh this is so bad i hadn't rehearsed it at all i cc cc <laughs> just heard me giggling to myself a whole bunch <laughs> yeah and then i turned on some music and she was like what she just kind of looked at me and then i, I gave her a couple of lyrics <laughs> oh man Speaking of Godzilla, the next Godzilla stars Matthew Broderick. Have you seen this film? It'll make you sick. I'm not kidding. It's one nasty flick. This Emmerich thought he was slick. He needs to be beaten with a stick. This Godzilla doesn't even click. Look at those thighs. They ain't even thick. Is this Godzilla or a scoop of vanilla? A piece out. <laughs> oh my god.